Step right up, ladies and gentlemen. We got two lively old men here. We got lots of shit to talk about. You know, like music, hot women. You know, like anything we can think of. So you best listen up. Many a long, long, long years ago, I met this deadhead hippie down at Nabisco. Now he is one of the coolest dudes that I know. Then one day he asked me to be on his lively old man show. I wasn't sure if that was something that I wanted to pursue. He bugged me every fucking day until my boss turned blue. Then one day I decided that I'd give it a go. And that's when it turned into two lively old men shows. Two lively old men shows. Two lively old men shows. Welcome to Two Lively Old Men. This is, let's see, episode 5, 2023. We're just in your seatbelts. We're about to take off. That's right. We're just cruising right along here. Altitude of 30,000 feet because we just got higher. That's right. And our, our uh, pilot is Mr. Bruce Dickinson from Iron Maiden. That'd be so fucking cool. <laughs> that would. And, there, and over the loudspeaker is Iron Maiden playing. Yeah. That would be one of those trips where uh, you would have to have music going and having beers and, and weed smoke going around and just having a good old time while you're up there flying. Exactly. And then when the plane lands, you just stumble off and hit the ground. <clears throat> right. Facial. <laughs> We're in Europe. I would love to fly on uh, Bruce Dixon's plane. I don't think he flies anymore. No? I don't think he does. How old, is, how old is he? Now? After his cancer stuff, oh geez, I don't remember that part. He's in his seventies. Really? I think so. Like early seventies, I think. <clears throat> wow, I didn't know he was that old. Damn. God, all my heroes are so old. Well, I'm not that much older. Than Although I do have some young heroes now, like Greta Van Fleet and uh, uh, Avenged Sevenfold. They're younger, but they're Wolfgang. Not Wolfgang, for sure. Wolfgang. But there's a lot of young guys I like. I saw a good picture of him with his dad and his uncle, Alex and Eddie and Wolfgang. And Wolfgang had to be probably like, I would say, 16, 17, something like that. Yeah, it was a pretty cool looking picture. I'm wondering if that's like hanging on the wall somewhere. I watched an interview with Michael Anthony, and they were asking him about a, you know, a tribute type show. And he said that, you know, that really depends on... Uh, Alex Van Halen totally, and he goes and right now he's still grieving, and I understand that. That's his. They are coming out though with a uh, Sammy Hagar Van Halen discography thing. Uh, was it four of them? Four records, I believe, or four album or discs or something. Anyway, I wonder if they'll have anything different on it uh, or the same. Well, stuff. I kind of wonder that myself. Do they have some stuff that they recorded they never put out there for everybody? Right, to hear? because I already got. I I don't want to buy a compilation because I already got every song they own. Yes. You yeah. Know? As, well. Again, if I get into the album thing again, which I'm still seriously mulling over, I might buy it. We'll see. But I've seen some of these things for some of the bands, and I hear it on Sirius, and like, so uh, Sting came out with a compilation of his best stuff, and it has stories in it and pictures and blah, 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 blah. 
as long as you got two hundred and seventy-five dollars, you can get one. Huh. It's like two hundred seventy-five dollars. That's bullshit. That's like buying tickets to a concert nowadays. I'm not spending three hundred dollars for that shit. I know people used to spend like my mom used to say she'd spend under ten bucks to go to a concert. Oh yeah. Uh, you probably spent like in our day like twenty bucks to go to a concert. That was an expensive concert, twenty bucks. Yeah, it's like. Everything's so expensive now, including that. And it, it is because it costs them so much money for their overhead now. It's way more than it used to be. Everything is jacked way out of price. So, um, Inflation is the worst it's ever been, I can say. What do you say? Well, I'm not sure it's, well, ever. When I was a little, little kid, I remember it being really bad. But I didn't really understand what it was either. I was in, like, grade school. So I just knew it was really bad. And we had gas lines. Everybody had to stand in line to get gas. Cars were parked up down the street. Yeah. You know what the problem is? Is wages don't go up with inflation. Right. And uh, so we're all stuck making the same wage while things are... Well, CEOs are getting a 2,000% raise. Right. And it's like the shit we buy is two, three, sometimes quadruple the price yep. than it used to be. Like maybe even three or four years ago. Yeah, that's about right, actually. It's all started hitting about... Just before COVID or right in that vicinity, anyway. You know, I didn't bring somebody up who died, who, and we always bring up people late because of our podcast, but I was going to bring this up. No, it's usually because our brains will think of it and then forget <laughs> it and then think of it again and then forget it and go, oh shit, that's right. But so, Robbie Knievel died. Oh, yeah. Famous, I forgot. See? I famous stuntman of the son of the legendary Evil Knievel, who I watched a lot when I was a kid. The Evil Knievel was the man when I was a kid. He was on a real heavy Harley Davidson. He made all these jumps. I mean, I didn't even realize that when I was a kid that how big the bike was compared to what they jump with nowadays. Sometimes. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, bikes now are made for jumping. And yes. And don't get me wrong; you have to have skill, but it's a lot easier with a real light bike than it is with a real heavy <coughs> Harley Davidson. Yeah. Yeah. That was a kick-ass bike, though. He had too. Oh, he was badass. Yeah, he was badass. He's the original. Way. That's a good way of putting it right there. Uh, Evil Knievel. I love the name Evil. And then here comes Robbie Knievel, breaking all his dad's records. Yeah, that's cool. I'm cool. I'm glad it's him that did it. And uh, Evil Knievel always said he was better than him. In my opinion, he was better because he had the souped-up modern bike. But still, he was fearless. He had better tools to do what he does. Yes. And it sucks. I think he died of cancer. Which seems to begin everybody we know lately. So, it sucks. Yeah, that's something that's not going to go away anytime soon. What would you contribute major cancer to? The way we've ruined stuff, uh, like our air, our water, um, our foods? Our foods. Our foods have a lot to do with it. Yeah. But the air we breathe, yeah, that's, you, that's your whole life, that's what you're doing. It's the day you're born. And you can even, like, not even smoke and get lung cancer. Yeah, actually, I remember there was somebody my wife and I saw on TV that that happened to. Uh, it happened to Christopher Reeve's wife. Okay. Remember Superman? Yeah. Uh, his wife. Yeah. Didn't smoke a day in her life. Died of lung cancer. Yeah, right. it was some guy we saw on TV. I think it might have been on the news, but I don't remember for sure. Anyway, it was just just letting people know you don't have to be a smoker to get lung cancer. Christopher Reeve was my favorite Superman, by the way. And I have a hard time watching any other Superman because I grew up with Christopher Reeves. And I think he had like four or five Supermans with him in it. Was that many? Yeah. One, he had Richard Pryor in it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Richard Pryor was great. Um, He had Gene Hackman in it. Gene Hackman. He did a lot of movies. Yep. 
Great show. I, I love it. Um, I was thinking of bringing up something here that we've been talking about a lot at work. You were thinking of it? Well, I'm thinking of it now, and I wrote it down, actually, and so I can actually remember it. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't even <laughs> fucking mention yeah. it. We have to write shit down now, because we forget. We'll think about it. Hey, that'd be something good to talk about, and then we'd forget about it. So what do you listeners think of cancel culture? Do you think cancel culture is a good thing, or do you think it's a bad thing? Okay, in my opinion, I think it's a good thing way in some cases, bad in other cases. I mean, there's some extreme things that they don't deserve to have a job, or deserve to even live or breathe air. Say like Harvey Weinstein or R. Kelly, these guys, or, or even Bill Cosby, who took advantage and basically raped girls. You know what I mean? Yes. So, uh, I can see why they would get canceled. But what about a comedian like Kathy Griffith, who put up a thing of Donald Trump, like he was going to get beheaded or something? Remember she put up Oh, that's right, yeah. She got banned. Uh, what do you think of that? You think her, her career never really fully recovered from that. And uh, so... It's just weird, because the, the cancel culture thing... Uh, it seems very arbitrary as to who does or doesn't get canceled, so to speak. Because, of course, we talked about on a previous podcast about political parties, and it usually seems to be a political party of one side or the other gets all irate about something somebody said, whether it's should be or not, they still do. And so then everybody from that side, whether it's left or right, okay, now we're not going to watch their shows or listen to their music or buy their records or, or go to their movies or whatever it is. You know, and then the opposite will happen is where um, the right hears something that the left cancels. Let's say Ted Nugent, okay, and He's then on my list. and then suddenly the right decides, okay, well Ted Nugent now is a god because the left hates him, right? You know, and it happens the other way around too. So, right. yeah, it's just yeah divisions. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think of somebody's political stance. Uh, I wouldn't cancel anybody over that. I think, like I, I've mentioned this millions of times, so I ain't going, in, going into it, but, you know, Ted Newton's really strong opinion, and he's far right, and uh, he, I'd say he's extreme, and uh, I don't like his opinion much, and I care not to listen to it, but uh, it ain't going to make me stop listening to Nugent songs if they come on the radio. I, I like Ted Nugent, his music. I do. He, actually, I have some good memories of him when I was in sixth grade. Um, I was, uh, no, I wasn't in sixth grade, excuse me. I was in seventh grade, and I was, uh, had a, a period that I would take that I would help one of the sixth grade teachers that I was my teacher the year before. And I'd go in for an hour, and I would grade papers or help him with stuff for the class while they're out on recess. And uh, there would be quite a few times where he'd just leave me a pe bunch of papers to grade, and he'd walk out and go have lunch. Right. Well, I had a little tape player I brought with me, and I'd listen to Ted Nugent, and cat, scat, cat scratch fever, he come walking in one time when I had it, and I had I mean, still had it up loud, louder than I probably should have. Turn that shit down! <laughs> the hell are you doing? Uh, I had a cool teacher, and I'm still friends with him on Facebook, and um, his name was <coughs> Mr. Triplett. And when I was going to junior high school, he would always let us bring in uh, tapes of like Led Zeppelin or any rock and roll. Play it while we did our work, and that's know, cool. He was cool like that, and he liked that music anyway, so um, it worked. Yeah, that's you know? cool. Yeah, he was a good teacher, man. He was really good, and he took the time to, you know, that was kind of, you know, crazy back then, and he took the time to help me out. Let's put it that way. 
other teachers didn't. Yeah. So those are normally teachers you remember forever. Yes. The teachers that were different than the others who helped you or whatever it was. You know, a coach maybe or something, but math teacher, whatever it was. And it makes me feel good that I can still see him on Facebook, even though I think he lives in Arizona. But I can still see him on Facebook and see what he's up to, and he looks healthy, you know, he's in his 70s. And uh, he has a lot of people who liked him, I can tell, because he's got a lot of students. He's a big-time coach for different things and track. Right. So, yeah, he was very popular. And, but he would take the time to you know, help a troubled guy like me when I was going through my shit. So I remember that. I had another teacher like that, and he's on my list, on my friend's list too, and his name was Mr. Ritter. And he did Mr. The same, Jack Ritter? He did the same thing. No, it's Gary. Oh, I believe. Jack's brother? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so when we're talking about this cancel culture, um, I would say, like, some people really deserve it. Um, now, the Dixie Chicks got canceled when they made some disparaging, well, I can't even talk. Disparaging? <laughs> Thank you. That is Disparaging my, remarks. That is my brain, people. Eric is my brain. <laughs> That's scary. <laughs> <laughs> so they made those remarks, and people didn't like to hear it because it was right in the midst of uh, 9-11, you know, when the planes went into the World Trade Center. So nobody wanted to hear that. Most people were really patriotic at that time because we wanted to see what happened. Even at George Bush, you know, George Bush uh, Jr. Um, w. Yeah, George W., but um, he was kind of, uh, I don't know, I don't know what to say. I don't want to say nothing bad about him, really, but uh, he kind of made a fool out of himself sometimes, and the Dixie Chicks mentioned some stuff, and they pretty much got banned for a while until everybody realized that they were right. <laughs> and then they got an apology from a lot of people, and then some people still banned them. But they don't even call themselves the Dixie Chicks anymore, right? They're just called the Chicks? The Chicks. I, personally... I'm not a big fan of the Dixie Chicks, uh, but they're not bad. I mean, they're talented girls. Yes. You know, but uh, yeah, not a big fan. I've heard a few of their songs that are they're pretty good, but I, I just I admire them because uh, women speaking out, for instance, especially after watching a show I watched last night, women speaking out, standing up for themselves, their thoughts, their ideas, and whatever. I like seeing that a lot. Me too. I see too many men. Push the women down because they're women for no other reason. So well, you shouldn't probably shouldn't be giving your advice like that, right? When everybody's so patriotic and timing was wrong. Yeah, and every, all those people died, and um, and maybe George W. Bush didn't handle it right, but he was trying to figure out what he was going to do about this. And, right. Um, I don't know. I, I've seen worse presidents than him. Let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, so we had him. But I want to say something. You know, we talked about Steven Tyler um, with his uh, yes. underage. Um, I want to give you a list of, of just some artists that's been with underage girls, notably. Um, so we had David Bowie, Jimmy Page, Ted Nugent, Jerry Lee Lewis, Marvin Gaye, Bill Wyman, Elvis Presley, Iggy Pop, and Mick Jagger. That's almost like a who's who list of old rock and rollers. Yep. Yeah. So all these guys have been with underage girls when they were probably in their 20s. Right. Um, none of them were banned besides R. Kelly. 
I guess. But the rest, um, they flourished, you know? And with no repercussions from their flings they had with underage kids, you know? Which I think it was just part of the culture back then. And I was going to say the times back then, not the people uh, liked what they were doing, but they also didn't hear about it really like you do Right. Now. I mean, in today's culture, you hear about things yeah. two seconds after they happen. Yeah. And more things come out now because, of, yeah. you know, people got a voice and... and the and a phone. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I can't ban all these people from me listening to them. And I'm sure the list is way longer than this. But these are some major players in rock and roll here who's been with underage girls. You know what I mean? And the girl who was with uh, Steven Tyler's Suenum was actually a groupie girl who was with other rock stars. Yeah, not just Steven Tyler. So, I mean, I'm not saying it's right. I'm not defending it. <coughs> but things were a lot different back then. And I'm sure if they would have done it now, they would be canceled. You know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, R. Kelly has proven that. We had, like, a Marilyn Manson. He's going through a lot of stuff right now because he's being blamed for being a sexual deviant. And holding, oh, really? Holding a girl against her will. And oh, really? I hadn't heard that. Torturing her. Yeah. Really? Torture her? Yeah. Wow. Whole thing. Kevin Spacey, remember the actor? I've heard about his stuff, yeah. Yeah. Something he did a long, long, long time ago in... I don't know, maybe he deserves to be canceled, but he was a really good actor. Oh, yeah. Just have to say. So, that leads me to the point of political correctness. Okay? So, basically this is political correctness, and a lot of it is you know, what they say. Um, that can get you banned. Like, saying a racial thing will get you banned. Say, for example, Roseanne. Yes. Um, she said something really crappy about black people, uh, referring to uh, a lady in politics, I believe it was. I think you're right, yeah. Yeah, but she said something really rude and awful. Does she deserve to be canceled? Um, I don't know. I, I don't like racial shit, so, um, but I wasn't a fan of Roseanne's to begin with, so um, I don't know. Maybe she should be. What about Imus, Don Imus? Oh, Don Imus, the radio personality. He, he referred to some black basketball players as nappy-headed whores. Yeah, I remember that. Which, what, what does that guy got room to talk? You seen that fucker? He's not alive anymore, is he? No, he's dead, but <laughs> he looked like he was dead for <laughs> fucking ten years before he yeah, died. I wouldn't say he was an attractive man, no. Right, and he has <laughs> the room to talk about other people when he looks like that? Well, like we said, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, right? So I guess. <laughs> so anyway, those are a list of rock stars that, um, you know, did some bad things. And uh, my stance on political correctness is, you know, sometimes you offend people of what you say, but you don't want to offend a group of people. You don't want to single out a group of people. Um, that's not good. Today's world, you have to be careful with a lot of shit. Yeah. And it's not easy to do. Right. Comedians are definitely got to be careful because, I mean, you try to be funny and then you offend people, you know? I mean, look at Chris Rock trying to be funny and then Will Smith comes up and slaps him, which he's another one who's canceled, you know? 
Um, he's actually going to be in a new movie coming out. I just saw it advertised. Oh, really? He was on the list of cancel culture. Well, he's trying to make a comeback. We'll see if he gets successful. Um, I think he will. You know why? What was it? I'm trying to think. Was it another, another Men in Black? Oh, really? Well, I don't remember for sure. Well, you know what? Will Smith will be successful because, you know, he's a good actor. You know, kind of like Tom Cruise. Well, and he's the Fresh Prince. So. Tom Cruise and his affiliation with Scientology. Doesn't seem about stop him at all, no. Right. You know, um, I don't like Scientology. I think it's weird. But am I going to watch a Tom Cruise movie? Probably. Am I going to listen to him talk? Yeah, probably because he's interesting. He's interesting to the shit he says. And you're like, whoa, he's really out there to lunch, isn't he? In his fucking pea brain. <laughs> you know? He's also like five foot four or something. He does a lot of his own stunts, though. Oh, really? Yeah. Most, that surprises me. Most of his own stunts. That surprises me. Yeah. He's awesome. Huh. I remember Risky Business when I was a kid. When the, That was a cool movie. It was. Yes. They, that uh, was a cool movie. Started, sliding out in his underwear, he singing was, old-time rock and roll. He was like the pimp. He was like the pimp, yes. And uh, what was her name? Rebecca. I forgot her name. The girl in there, she was... Smoking. Yeah. Smoking. Like Rebecca DeMornay? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yep. I can wow. see her face, but I can remember, yeah. Man, on the train. So, on the train. So when he's doing that, comes out, sliding in his underwear, and starts singing Bob Seger's rock and roll, he's lip syncing. Right. Right? Yep. But at the halftime show that we just had of the football game, we had Rihanna, who's one of the most major stars in all the world, lip syncing again. And she's an actual, actual artist. And she's she, not just an actor. And actress. she actually has a good voice. Yeah, but she was, and it was obvious in several spots. Cause I watched it. Maybe it's yeah. because uh, she was pregnant and couldn't. Kind of wonder. Felt yeah. it out like she normal. Or maybe she wanted to take it a little easier because she is pregnant. She didn't cancel for that, but Millie Vanilli did. <laughs> Millie Vanilli. They got canceled for lip syncing. <laughs> they did. <laughs> uh, that was awful, though. I mean, like. I have to say, most most people, if got offered that, would do that and lip sync and make that money. Oh. Not for the halftime, but like the Millie Vanilli thing. Oh yes, you know. Oh, especially back then. I don't remember which one was Millie, which one was Vanilli, but I don't think any of them were named. There was like <laughs> Rob and Fab or something. Oh, you're right. That's right, Rob and Fab. There's no Millie Vanilli. No. Like there's so, n like there's no Jethro Tull and there's no Mr. Floyd. <laughs> you mean Pink? Yeah, Pink. Oh, she's a singer. <laughs> You're funny. You'd get her with Mr. Floyd together, huh? Oh, go pick your elderberry out. Hey, now, I showered. You did? No elderberries. No elder dingleberries? No. <clears throat> By the way, elder dingleberry, we're just going to call it elderberry, is uh, when guys our age have dingleberries. That's elderberry. So you don't want to take that unless it's processed or it'll taste really shitty. <laughs> <laughs> no shit? Yeah, shit. Uh, That's right. <laughs> I love it. <coughs> All right, so I'm going to talk a little bit about Three Dog Night. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. I like Three Dog Night, who was not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, ladies and gentlemen, even though they had a bunch of hits. We had a, a quick little... Uh, Spot where we talked about Three Dog Night in our last podcast. Right. Um, so they were 
out of Los Angeles, California, formed in 1967. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I was born in 64, so I was still a little dude. That's interesting you tell me that because I would assume they were more in the early 70s. Okay, so. yeah. So they had 21 Billboard Top 40 hits. And they're not in the Rock Hall of Fame? 21 between 1969 and 1975 in a six-year span. That's ridiculous, ladies and gentlemen. Rock Hall of Fame, be ashamed of yourself again. Three of their songs hit number one in the U.S. Number one in the U.S.? Three of them. I didn't check to see what it was doing in Europe and that. Who knows? Let me guess what song. Uh, Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Was a good friend of mine. That one, right? <laughs> like your voice. And then this one. <laughs> one is the loneliest number that you'll ever do. And joy to the world. Joy to the world. Joy to the fishies in the deep blue sea. Joy to you and me. <laughs> Don't tell me Derek's brain's not working. Right? <laughs> he just got that. See? So... I bet mean, every one of those were number one. I bet you. Um, I'm not going to bet, but okay. Because <laughs> I know they are. Yeah. So, but most of their songs, or a lot of their songs anyway, they didn't write. They were from different writers. Okay, different people who were writing music back in those days. So you remember Randy Newman? Yeah. He did uh, Mama Told Me Not To Come. He's the writer for that one. Oh, wow. Randy Newman, like the little guy who's in Short People? Yeah. Short People Got yeah. No Reason. Tall People Got Big Feet. Oh. Yeah, in our last <laughs> podcast, I did uh, Tall People. It was a parody of Short People, so check it out. And then do you remember uh, a writer, I think he was like a really bleach blonde hair, Paul Williams, back in the 70s? Um, he wrote a lot of, he was kind of like, a, he wrote a lot of music that people, not just... Three Dog Night. He did a lot of music back then. Huh, I'm not familiar. Huh. Mm. He did some stints on uh, uh, Fantasy Island and Love Boat shows. Oh, wow. Yeah, where he would be a musician on them, you know. Oh, cool. Great shows. No, I... <laughs> Used to watch him. I watched him. Um, There's nothing else on to watch, ladies and gentlemen. You know who... You had to get through those shows to get to wrestling at uh, 11. Right? <laughs> uh, uh, do you know who the country singer Hoyt Axton is? No, but what a cool name, Hoyt. Back in the 70s, my dad had an album, at least one of his. He wrote Joy to the World. Oh. And another song that they was popular called Never Been to Spain. Oh, wow. But the country singer, Hoyt Axton, wrote Joy to the World. He wrote these, uh, these rock pop hits. Yeah, so that could possibly be why people like uh, Dolly Parton and Willie Nelson and, you know, are considered, because maybe they wrote some music that other people sang and did and whatnot. Well, you know damn well Willie Nelson and Dolly Parton's wrote some damn good music. They yeah. wrote a lot of it. So, I mean, I guess if you're going to say, as far as pop culture, and then we're going to let pop culture, and I guess they do deserve it in that aspect of saying that. You know yeah. I mean? Yeah, I possibly. Mean, if you're going to let them in, we're just going to call it the Music Hall of Fame. They definitely deserve it, for sure. Yeah, I'm not called the Rock Hall of Fame anymore. Yeah. Um, the vocalist, Danny Hutton. His girlfriend was actual actress June Fairchild, who was the Ajax lady on the movie Up in Smoke with Cheese and Chong. Uh, oof. The Ajax, yes. Oof. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> she suggested, supposedly, she suggested the name of Three Dog Night 
after reading a magazine article about Aboriginal Australians. What was her name again? Uh, June Fairchild. Was she related to Morgan Fairchild? Morgan Fairchild. Mm -hmm. I have no idea. She was hot back then. She was hot back then, yes. Yeah, Morgan Fairchild. She's probably 80 now, but she was probably hot back is. then. She just passed away, I think, last year or two. Oh, really? I remember, yeah. God dang. Yeah, I think so. Well, rest in peace, Morgan, if you're dead. If you're not, I hope you live longer. So in that magazine article that she read, they talked about on cold nights that the aboriginals would sleep while embracing a dingo. But on colder nights, they would sleep with two dogs. On really cold, freezing nights, they would sleep with three dogs, and they would call it, it's a three-dog night. Oh, wow. That's how they came up that with the name. That is so cool. What an interesting fact. One guy, his name was Van Dyke Parks, who was an engineer or something like that for the band, uh, claims he's the one that came up with the name, but for the same reason. Wow. He claims it wasn't her, claims it was him, but they both contradict each other, so who knows. But that's how they got it, was because of that. The Aboriginal Australians sleeping with dingoes out by their huts or whatever at night. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, they officially debuted as a band in 1968 at the Whiskey A Go Go on Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood. Wow. Very famous place where Hell a lot yeah. of famous artists have gone through and done their stuff. Yep. Yeah. Still do. Exactly. I just, when I heard that, I'm like, wow. They were at Whiskey A Go Go. Think of all the famous people that are way more famous than these guys. Yeah. They went through there, so. I like Three Dog Night. I didn't see that. That guy's got a good voice. Is that original singer still alive? So, in 1972, they were the first band to host with Dick Clark on the New Year's Eve thing that he did. New York's New Year's uh, Dick Clark's New Year's Eve yeah. thing he do on TV. Yeah. His very first episode he did, Three Dog Night was on there with him. That's the only one I ever watched, Dick Clark's. Yeah, and I got. After that, I don't really watch him much. I anymore. don't either. Yeah. Uh, I think Ryan Seacrest does it now, but I never. I watched think I watched the one after Dick Clark had passed, and he wasn't doing it just to see what it'd be like, and I was like, "Yeah, this isn't the same." It, so the only original member left is the vocalist Danny Hutton. It's the only one left. Was he the one who was like into drugs for like 30, 40 years, and they finally got clean? I think so. Yes. Wow. Well, they had several guys that have passed and. Moved on to other things. There's got, I looked at the list. They've got quite a list of guys who played with the band, even if it's only been three, four years. But, but he, do they just got one singer, or do they have more than one? Singer? They had a couple other people that vocal, did vocals too. Yeah, but he's the main vocalist. Yeah, the one yeah. who got the great voice, the one who sings "Joy to the World" and stuff. Danny Hutton. All right. They put out twelve albums. The last one they did was way back in 1983. Oh wow! They were inducted into the Vocal Group Hall of Fame in 2000. Oh. So see, there's a different Hall of Fame that's vocal group, but that could be any genre. Well, they do. They have like the songwriting Hall of Fame. I think they got a Hall of Fame for everything. You know, they need to have a Beavis and Butthead Hall of Fame. <laughs> right. All the all the dumbasses can be in there. Exactly. Like you know, us maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so we just had somebody that on our Facebook page had commented. Uh, he'd like to hear us talk about Three Dog Night a little bit. Um, Three Dog Night, to me, personally, uh, reminds me of my youth when I was a little kid, because I was born in 64, and my, it was on the radio all the time, all their music. And back then, we listened to AM radio, and it was on AM radio all the time. So FM wasn't really a big thing yet. It was just kind of starting to take off. So They got some great songs, and now that you brought them up, I know, of course, they're popular songs, 
But I'm gonna listen to some of their maybe not so popular songs just to see. Right. Because I, I never really explored Three Dog Night. I just hear the ones on the radio and those are good, you know. So, but I mean, I'm sure they, like everybody else, got a lot of B-side songs. They got a song I like called "Eli's Coming." I like that song a lot. Does anybody know what B-side songs mean? Well, it's the song beside the first song. Yes. <laughs> you got to turn the 45 over, right? 45s. That's how you made a playlist when I was younger, 45. If you didn't have that little thing to put in the middle, you were screwed. You had to adjust it by eye, and it might be a little warped. It would be a little off, yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little yellow thing that clips in the middle. Or whatever color. I had like three or four different colors. I, I had several of them. In case you lose one, you can know where you find another one. Oh, well, you're uptown. You got fancy ones. Mine were all <laughs> yellow. <laughs> Fucker. Uptown. After hearing about the things you had when you were a kid, I was not uptown. <laughs> uh, I did not have a video game console of any kind. All right? Well, I did not have a TV in my bedroom. Uh, didn't, yeah. It was lucky to have a TV in the damn house. Do you have a stereo in your bedroom? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's important. Stereo. I remember uh, picking berries, uh, blueberries, and using that money to buy my first stereo that had a record player, radio, MFM dial, and a cassette player on it. And back then, cassettes were new. Right. It was a new thing. Right. Didn't have hardly any, but I got to have the new thing. I think they're making a comeback, too. The cassettes are? Yeah. Oh. Wow. People are trying to find those cassette. The little Walkmans. Little players? Yeah. Oh, the Walkmans, yeah. yeah. People are paying good money for those things now. Huh. And tapes. Yeah. People like nostalgia. I'm noticing that, yeah. That's a, one store I went to when we went to the beach. They had all the old uh, music and comic books and stuff, and the old, even old record players and consoles, the big giant ones that my grandparents had that had a big old wood, yes. like the old TVs. Yes. Had, yeah. I had one of those in my bedroom when I was in grade school. Oh, yeah. It had a record player, a radio, and I think it was an 8-track. Oh, 8-tracks, yeah. Yeah. So we had an 8-track of Three Dog Night. And my grandma's the one who gave me it. So you said, you know, it was your, you know, what you have at your My grandparents house? had the old one like that, yeah. yeah. Uh, I love that thing. Yep, that was pretty cool. It was. And it didn't sound bad. It had nice big speakers, console speakers on it. Yeah, well, back that, back in those days, everything was big. Had a big ass TV that was only twelve inch screen, but everything else around it was gigantic. <laughs> well, twelve inch screen TV that weighed fucking five hundred pounds. Five hundred pounds, <laughs> yes. Yeah, took two big guys to move it. Ah, that's funny. Anyway, that's Three Dog Night. Uh, like I said, it got asked for on our, our Facebook page. Go check us out on Facebook at Two Lively Old Men Podcast and interact with us. Let us know what you like to hear, what you've been listening to, that type of thing. Yeah, I'm gonna check out Three Dog Night for sure. I'll probably look up some concerts of them, you know, what they do recently, and see if they got anything, and I don't know, I'll just check them out. I think I remember, I, it might have been a year or two ago, maybe a couple years longer than that, that they played at one of our local casinos here, in the Indian Casino here and up the road. Oh. Yeah. I remember seeing them going, wow, they're still touring. I had no idea they were even still doing anything, so. wonder how much they charge for a ticket. You know? Yeah, I don't know, I'll bet it's like 50 bucks. 50 bucks, huh? I'll bet, yeah. Today's world, yeah, that's a cheap ticket. Mm. <laughs> You're right. That is, actually. Yes. I mean, if you want to get a good seat to, say, the Rolling Stones, you're probably going to pay a 1000 bucks or more. Oh, yeah. 
You know, same with Kiss or anybody who's been around a while. I mean, hell, who was it? It was um, somebody I wanted to see too came to town, and uh, someone I worked with saw him. But the nosebleed seats were two hundred bucks. It's like, wow, I'm not gonna pay two hundred bucks to sit all the fuck up there. I can stay at home and listen to music just fine. You know, because I couldn't see him down there anyway, basically. You know, I just gotta say that's ridiculous. You know, to like people like Paul McCartney or the Rolling Stones, or some huge acts who sell out wherever they go, but charge outrageous price for tickets, where a person, a normal music fan, can't afford it. You know? It's ridiculous. I mean, come on, are you guys rich enough? How much money do you need? Or is it just the ticket place that are jacking them up so high? I don't know, but come on, people. It's ridiculous. I like what, years ago when Pearl Jam took it, took it to her took Ticketmaster to court about ticket prices and stuff and their yeah. roles in it and everything. They yeah. tried hard, uh, but they finally had to give in. Yeah. You know? Because they got the Ticketmaster has so much pull and control. You know what I mean? But it's, I wonder how much, say, a Rolling Stones concert would cost without the markup of Ticketmasters. I would just wonder. I don't know. I have no idea how big the markup is. So, I mean, Good question. Yeah, I mean... Paul McCartney is one of the richest musicians on this planet. Why does he need to charge so much? You know, Van Halen and a lot of bands used to once in a while just give a free concert. Beatles. And then the rooftop concert. Yeah. Uh, the, the Dead did that. They gave some free concerts. So, yeah. I like that. That shows your appreciation for the fans. Yes, it does. And that helps with fans staying with you and following you even more because they, they know they're being appreciated. I know It's like treating a, your employee right at work. Right. <laughs> the Rolling Stones have done free concerts. Uh, that one at, uh, with the Hells Angels where all that commotion, the guy got oh, killed. Oh, yeah. That was a free concert. That's quite the story, too. Yeah. yeah. Crazy, right? Yeah, very crazy. Van Halen did a couple of them. They did one in Texas. I watch all the time on uh, YouTube. And uh, it's so good concert. Uh, first song they play is Pound Cake. Yeah. They had some wild shit. Remember the couple books I've read of theirs? They had some wild shit go on back when they were younger and still becoming Van Halen. They were had, they was they were known as the California party band. <laughs> you want to have a big ass party? Van Halen's who you wanted. And let me tell you, if you don't know what Pound Cake is, listen to the song and you'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I just love my baby's pound cake. Right? It's like their song Black and Blue. Right. Yeah, just listen to it. You'll figure it out. Yep. A lot of sexual innuendos. Yeah. Yeah. Sammy's known for that, though, with a lot of music he writes. It's either sexual or so love. So is David Lee Roth. Right. Yeah. Sexual or love. One of the two. You know? Or alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a little pot sometimes. No. <laughs> musicians with pot? I know. None of those musicians do drugs. I know. <laughs> All right. Since you're such a big Beatles fan, I want to run this by you. I'm pretty sure you already know it, but maybe the people out here listening don't know it. I ran across it last night, actually. So, did you know that their iconic album, Abbey Road, was initially supposed to be named Everest? No, I didn't. An inside joke, I guess, from the band that was mocking one of their chief engineers, Jeff Emmerich. His favorite cigarette, they're over in Europe, his favorite cigarette was a brand named Everest. Oh. 
They even thought they would go to Mount Everest for the cover shoot. And then one of the members said, uh, he's not going to go to the Himalayas. That's just too much. Let's just go outside, take a photo there, and call Abbey Road. <laughs> and that's how it happened. Wow. <laughs> and then they ended up starting a record label called Abbey Road. Yeah. Yeah. But that album that they were recording that became Abbey Road was going to be called Everest. Wow. Or maybe Abbey Roads wasn't there. There, maybe that was ours already a company. But uh, they started Apple Records, right? I don't remember. No, huh. there was an Abbey Road Studio or something like that. It was called. Yeah. I love that album, Abbey Roads. Yes. Yep. I don't think there's a bad song on there. Agreed. Yeah. I Agreed. Even like, I even like Octopus's Garden. Under the Sea. Yep. That was something I will always remember is uh, when I was a kid, I'd hear uh, Beatles songs on the radio, again, AM and then FM later. But some of the songs, when I hear the Beatles, it's like, it sounds like they're actually trying to make fun of something or like, why would you sing about an octopus in a garden under the sea? Or, you know what I mean? Right. A, a yellow submarine. What the hell? That's, <laughs> the, what the hell is a yellow submarine? Both of the songs you mentioned, Ringo sang. Oh, <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. So Ringo gets to sing the corny songs that he didn't want to do. <laughs> Not that they're bad songs, but, I mean, they ain't no, like, you know, Hey Jude or nothing. No, just, we all live in Yale Submarine. I mean, even little kids know that song. You know, my favorite songs in Abbey Roads are George Harrison's songs. There's something. The most underrated person, I think, on the whole team. Something and Here Comes the Sun. What great songs. I love Here Comes the Sun. That's right, and I wish it was coming right now because it's fucking cold outside. That'd get colder. I don't want to hear about it. It's supposed to be, I think, 51 tomorrow for the high, and then it starts going down, and it's going to be, like on Thursday, it's going to be 30-something for the high, 35 or something. Get down in the 20s. Oh, I hate it when it's cold. I'm going to put that on my hate list because it makes my balls shrivel up. Ha! Like, like anybody here needed to know that. Uh, I haven't done my hate list for a while, but I'm going to save that for a different episode because I don't have very much hate because I've been positive lately. But I have a few, and you're just going to have to stay tuned because it's the cliffhanger for the next episode. What do you think about that? A cliffhanger. Woo, I'm giddy. <laughs> I'm getting chills. I know people are just hanging at the edge of their seats there. As long as they're hanging. I don't want to know if they're doing anything other than that while they're listening to us. <laughs> You don't want them hanging like I like to hang? <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think we've uh, hit our time limit. and uh, We have a time limit? <clears throat> yeah, when I say. Oh, okay. And I say it's our time limit. The boss says we're done. Yeah. I have to go take a piss. Actually, like, Eric's the boss. That's important. Eric's actually the boss, but he's just being nice to me. You know. Someone's got to be. Right, because he's more responsible than me. Otherwise, uh, <laughs> I don't that's... know. If you ask my family, that's a scary thought. I'm the more responsible one. <laughs> I don't know what would happen if I controlled things. I mean, shit wouldn't get done. And, We'd go uh, off the rails all the time. I might say something that ain't... We'd have to edit every damn one of our episodes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and we don't edit now because we're so perfect. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> okay, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening again. I hope you enjoyed our podcast. Check out our Facebook page. That's right. And uh, I'm supposed to be making a YouTube page. Stay tuned for that, but... I'm not quite finished yet, so stay tuned for that. We got shit we're working on. We're slow. Yes, we're very, very slow. You know, we're slow walking. We're slow talking. We're slow-minded. 
we want to relax, you know. We just want to chill. So take it easy. Cool, you know? man. All right. Peace. So, peace out, baby. <laughs> Rented lips. <laughs> We're just making the show a little longer, okay? That's what she said. She said. <laughs> I wish she said that. Oh. No. All right. Bye. <laughs> I gotta be cool. Relax. I get in. I get on my tracks. I take the back seat. I hitchhike. And take a long ride on my motorbike until I'm ready for a crazy little thing called love. Oh, this thing called love. Well, I just I can't handle it. Oh, this thing called love. Well, I must I get around to it. I ain't ready for a crazy little thing called love. 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 A crazy little thing.